PFG Private Wealth Management LLC is an SEC-registered investment advisor. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. The topics and information discussed during this podcast are not intended to provide tax or legal advice. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Be sure to first consult with a qualified financial advisor and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed on this podcast. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Insurance products and services are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed insurance agents. The rules of retirement have changed. No longer can most of us rely on Social Security or a single pension to fund our futures. We're living longer, and retirement doesn't just last a handful of years anymore. Instead, you might stay retired for 20 or 30 years, and maybe even more. We need to look at retirement through a new lens, with fresh eyes, with a new approach and plan of attack. Here to answer the call are financial advisors John Texera and Nick McDevitt of PFG Private Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Tampa Bay area. This podcast is Retirement Planning Redefined, and it starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome into another edition of the podcast. Thanks for hanging out with John and Nick and myself as we're going to talk about retirement planning redefined once again. And this week, we are going to chat about getting in tune uh, no, not instruments, and we're not going to sing because that might be bad. But we're going to talk about getting our retirement plans into tune, uh, you know, especially because we all want to have that good, solid piece in there that, that we know we're going to be comfortable and happy and get the things we need out of it. But we also can kind of drift off from time to time, so we want to kind of pull those back in, uh, get the reins, if you will. So that's going to be our topic this week is getting in tune. What's going on, guys? What's shaking? How you doing? Oh, staying busy. Yeah, very staying busy. How's the uh, how's the dog? I know you got that dog that's like really old. You doing okay? <laughs> uh, depending upon your definition of okay, uh, she's doing she's doing great. Well, good. But yeah, she she definitely uh, keeps me on my toes. Yeah. I think she she had to go out uh, five times before eleven thirty today. So that Holy was fun. Cow. My, mine's fifteen, and she's go, and she's going deaf and going partly blind. So, but she's still okay in that department. How's how's yours doing? Is she having the some hearing or uh, vision? Oh yeah, no, she can't hear, and her vision is not great. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, it's just uh, it's fun stuff. And I'm on the third floor of my building, so I Ooh. I carry I carry her down every time to go out. Yeah. She's not a big dog, so yeah, it's right. kind of easy, but. It, it's um, it's cute and it's sad sometimes because like that, that she's losing her hearing like I'll be calling for her and she can't figure out exactly where it's coming from because she's not completely oh, yeah. deaf so she kind of looks around in different angles and I'm like I'm right next to you you ding yep oh yeah <laughs> I know that look well yeah yep. pretty funny stuff yeah. so John what's going on with you buddy I know you don't have these exciting dog stories but what's happening uh, not too much just uh, staying busy and you know just uh, I think I think as you're aware it becoming a uh, school parent so that's fun and then started one of uh, my little one in gymnastics so i have to head oh, there tonight nice yeah you're getting to that phase now where everything's you got hobbies and, and activities all the time right yep play dates are starting to get formed now I pick her up from school and it's like hey let's do i want to do a play date with my friend yep. like all right go 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 it's uh, that's right. Hey, at least we're getting back to some of that stuff. So yeah, you know, kids and stuff. I mean, everybody needs interaction. So it's good that we're here getting that some of stuff, some of that stuff going on, getting our life back in tune, so to speak. I'll, that'll be my segue in, back into the topic here. So let's talk about how to get our financial plans or our retirement plan 
uh, back in tune in case we've gotten out. And we talked a couple of weeks ago, guys, and we're waiting to see what the fine details are going to be. We'll probably do a podcast on it. But tax considerations, future tax considerations, a lot of the stuff that's right now at the time we're taping this that's, uh, I guess, before the House may go through. There's quite a bit to the corporate tax change. They're bumping up. They're trying to make it sound like it's all going to be for the higher net worth folks. But you know, 400000 500000 is not that hard to get to for some of these things. So depending on where you're at, tax considerations needs to be on everybody's radar, no matter what you're making. Yeah. You know, uh, tax considerations are definitely something that uh, we try to, you know, focus on with clients. Uh, I think in our minds, the number one, you know, the kind of the rule of thumb when it comes to tax considerations uh, when it, in regards to investments and retirement accounts is, is to have options. So, so what we mean by that is, you know, not only a diversification in the types of investments, you know, underlying investments that you have, but also in the types of accounts that you have, you want to have accounts that are going to be tax-free down the road um, accounts that, you know, will be taxable down the road. And then maybe some accounts that are, you know, subject to income or, or capital gains taxes, versus just ordinary income. So, you know, the having options, building, you know, kind of a personal moat and <laughs> and being ha- being able to have the uh the ability to adapt and adjust. Um I think in in staying nimble is is the number one kind of priority when it comes to planning. Having a personal moat. I like that. John, you've been getting so much rain, you might have your own moat. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's that's funny. I do feel like it's been raining every day. It's just a new house. It's it's like we have this big yard and I walk back there and it's constantly soaked and the, and the pool is always overflowing. So, yes, I do have a personal moat keeping <laughs> Nick out. Nice. I like that. Okay. So tax considerations, again, lots of things happening there. So that could even be changing. And that's why it's definitely important to make sure and it's always important, really, no matter what kind of what time we're in. But I mean, certainly when we get to retirement tax considerations and, and what we're paying is a big deal. So it's not what you make, it's what you keep, all that kind of stuff. Life insurance, fellas, having the right amount. Well, hey, I'm retired. I don't need it. That's what most people say, or at least that's the general kind of consensus or rule of thought. But is that correct? Uh, you know, sometimes it is. It, it really comes down to when you're looking at, do I have the right amount? So, you know, is there a need for it? And if there, if there is a need for it, then it, it becomes kind of income replacement. Um, so example, you know, I go to retire and let's say I do have a, a pension that's life only. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. And if I pass away, that pension's gone, you know, does my spouse need that money uh, to, you know, for her money to last at that point or if her to hit her goals? And if the answer is yes, you know, she needs that pension replaced, then yes, you know, there is a need for life insurance. And, it, and, it, and it, there's other things that, go into it, but that's just kind of the looking at it from a retirement standpoint. It's really replacing someone's income or assets that are needed to generate, you know, income for the other the surviving spouse. Yeah. And I would say just kind of on top of that, I think, you know, probably the the reason that we mentioned this in, in this sort of conversation is just to not uh absentmindedly push it off to the side. I think there's a a perception for people that no matter what, they're not going to need any sort of coverage, you know, approach in retirement or into retirement. And just like anything else, we think it's important to take an inventory and and when you're building your plan to make sure that you kind of vet out the different situations and scenarios, because, you know, when you were originally planning, you know, you may have not expected to have a mortgage, you may not have expected to 
help out your kids with education costs or maybe at the level that you did or, you know, a, a myriad of, of other things. So, you know, life comes at you quick. And so we just kind of, we think it's important that because so many people automatically assume that it's just no longer a part of the conversation for them, uh, that you make sure that it is or is not uh, and and take a good inventory to see if it makes sense for you. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and and let me jump in here real sure. quick. This is really important for uh, business owners to look at as they're nearing retirement because you know a lot of small businesses they they are in essence the business, and if they don't have any life insurance and something happens to them, you know sometimes we've seen businesses have to fire sale and stuff like that. So, yeah, if something happens to the owner, you know the business is relying upon the owner. The family expected to be able to sell the business and cash out and you know be profitable and kind of sail into uh, into the sunset that can get derailed pretty quickly. So yeah, that's definitely. another good example. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned cash, you know, just cashing out, but that was actually cash is on my next one. Who doesn't love cash, right? I mean, everybody loves cash. We want to keep a, a nice amount around. We kind of feel like most people kind of have this, the higher the number, the better. You know, my kids, she's 24 now. She's working, making good money for a change. And, you know, so now she's learning how to play this game with herself about, ooh, how much can I get my savings account to grow, right? I'll, I'll be chatting with her and she'll be like, yeah, I'm trying to hit this number and I'm adding a little bit more. And it's nice to see her kind of start to play that game with herself where she's trying to grow those accounts and she enjoys the fact they're growing. And that only happens more as we get older. So people sometimes you know, want these uh, pretty large amounts sitting around. So what's the right amount to actually have because, I mean, at some point, you know, we start talking about emergency funds and so on and so forth. I mean, what are you going to do with a hundred grand sitting in the bank in cash? Is that really, is that too much? Is that the right amount? I mean, how do you figure that out, right? Well, uh, this is where our very effective, but uh, also annoying answer of it depends comes into play. <laughs> so, you know, this answer, possibly more than almost anything else is... I think hyper dependent upon um, the people or the person that we're talking about. Obviously there's kind of the rule of thumb of, you know, six to 12 months of expenses in cash. But really when we drill down further, one of the things that I kind of like to run by people, it, it, you know, is, is uh, to have them think of cash in a way of it's the ultimate permission slip. And so what I, what I mean by that is, you know, what amount of cash allows them to feel comfortable enough to not make irrational decisions with the rest of their money. So if having a year or, you know, uh, 18 months, 24 months, even 36 months of cash allows them to be invested in a way that they should be with the rest of their money, then in my mind that, you know, the opportunity cost of that money getting uh, more upside, that cash getting more upside is worth it because it, it prevents them from overreacting to things like, you know, market corrections like we're having, you know, this week or, you know, these different sorts of scenarios and circumstances where, you know, one of one of the best techniques that has worked, you know, for us is going through and saying like, yes, you know, the market just pulled back over the last three months, let's just say it did 10%. But if we can go to the client's accounts and say, look it, you've got your next 18 months of expenses without ever touching your investment accounts uh, is sitting there in cash for you. Plus, you know, remember that we've got, you know, somewhere between 30 and 50% of your actual investments in fixed income, automatically their, you know, their blood pressure, their heart rate, 
and their amount of e- emails and phone calls to us go down, which right. uh, are all things that uh, are are positive. And so really that's kind of talk, starting to talk about risk as well. And that's my final bit on getting the plan in tune is you know having the right amount of risk for the time that you're in and for the situation that you're in. And so maybe those two things kind of go hand in hand. Well, they all really go hand in hand if you think about a retirement plan in general. But getting the right amount of risk is certainly important. And we kind of touched on this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about couples and how they sometimes they're, they're opposites in that regard. So you still have to find that that happy place that's working for the plan. I think I saw an email from somebody in a couple of weeks back guys, and it was something like my, um, you know, my, my accounts didn't have, haven't done as well as the market this year. And maybe I should change advisors. And it was like, well, wait a minute, you know, don't just assume that it's the advisor's fault because it didn't keep up with the market. How are you set up from risk? Are you exactly, you know, are you taking all as much risk as possible in that, which case the market return would be, should be closer or are you very conservative and just don't really know what you have? And that's why you didn't perform as well. There's lots of ways and variables to look at this, correct? Yeah, it's it's definitely um, one of the most important things to look at when your overall portfolio is is what is your risk tolerance and how are you invested in it. And what you just said is is on point. We find that a lot where people are trying to compare, you know, not only to us but other advisors. Like, well, the S and P did this. What did I do? And then um, you know, when you start diving into it, it's like, well, you know, you're a fifty fifty mix, and that's the S and P all one hundred percent equities. It's not going to be the same. But definitely from a planning standpoint, we, we try to make sure people are invested correctly based on their risk tolerance, because if you, you are more aggressive in your portfolio than you actually are, when you start to see a dip, chances are you're going to panic. And chances are if uh, the dip is fast enough or, or goes down enough, you know, like in, in the COVID you know, period there in mm-hmm, March, right. April of 2020, you know, some people change courses and, and went from, you know, what they were and then went to a bit very conservative and then three weeks later, the market just rallied back and all the, all the gains, you know, were lost if you were sitting on the sidelines. So mm-hmm. it's important to really pick your risk tolerance, pick your portfolio and, and stay the course based on the plan. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can't, you can't panic, you know, that's usually the worst time to do it. It's definitely one of those cases where we, we tend to do that. And that's again, the value I think of an advisor, because somebody can call up and say, you know, like the pandemic crash or whatever and say, Hey, I'm panicking. What do I do? You know, and, and you can walk through those scenarios without just locking, necessarily locking in those gains by panic selling or whatever that case might be. So something to look out for. Make sure they have your plan in tune. And they require a tune-up, folks. These are, They're not a set it and forget it kind of thing. It's not, you know, even life insurance. If you bought life insurance 25 years ago and you hadn't looked at it in 25 years, it's one of those things where, you know, we kind of buy it. We think we're never going to need it to look at it again. But no, that's not the case. Stuff, stuff changes. Life happens. So make sure you're making little tweaks. Your plan should change and ebb and flow just like your life's going to. Uh, and that was our topic this week on the podcast. And as always, we're going to try to take a, at least an email question or two if we can. If you'd like to submit your own, go to the website at pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. Drop us a line uh, there and subscribe to the podcast while you're there as well. And we got, uh, we'll got we see if we can get these two in, at least one. It's time to open up the mailbag. We got a question for Nick from Jamie. He says, Nick, I've looked forward to retirement for many years and I enjoy the podcast. And now that I'm actually retired, I can't shake the feeling that I'm going to run out of money. So you got any solutions for fighting the feelings or should I just go back to work? (laughs) It's one of these things where people get into that situation, right? It's like they maybe don't have a good plan or they're just not comfortable. So they're not really sure what it's doing for them. Yeah. So, so this is interesting, you know, because I I would say that 
realistically, the majority of the people that work with us, they, you know, their plans are pretty solid and, you know, we have a high level of comfort of, of them retiring. So, so in those scenarios where, where we have a high level of confidence in their plan and, and what we've done, especially because we use a lot of pretty conservative variables, we try to up the cadence of meetings uh, or the amount of times that we talk and, and get them to start trying to view things maybe a little bit more like us. So using things like the client portal that we have where they can view their kind of their, their cash flow over their lifetime and see the different parts start to become more familiar with how the planning software works and, and get some of that kind of comfort and affirmation that, that they're online and on target is really, really important. And then, you know, from, from the perspective of things that maybe aren't quite as static you know, in our, in our regular reviews, kind of really trying to drill down and dig into, you know, what are the things that are concerning them the most, you know? So for example, for some people, the things that are concerning them the most might be taxes. So, you know, we can kind of work, you know, show them and illustrate a scenario of, of a significant bump in taxes and show them how that impacts them specifically. When I, when I realized that I should ask, you know, clients that have serious concerns about how these specific things that they're concerned about impact them specifically. Because one of the things that we've seen is that, you know, it's like, okay, I'm watching the news and the news says this is going to happen and, you know, freak out ensues. And so instead of, and, you know, they just, they're thinking in, in large terms, you know, maybe from like societal standpoint, and that's understandable, but take that, you know, one step further and say, okay, well, how does this impact me? How does this impact my plan? How does this impact me? And then, you know, when we start to drill down, they when when they start to learn to do that, the the amount of stress that they have starts to go away pretty significantly. So, you know, uh, okay, well, uh, I'm concerned about these taxes. All right, well, hey, let's take a look at the amount of income you're in. Let's take a look at what sort of bracket you're in, and and historically, even if we go back to the last 20 years, how much that bracket has fluctuated. And you see like, oh, throughout, you know, 9-11, throughout the Great Recession, throughout the bounce back, you know, throughout, you know, your bracket that you're in has is, is gone, you know, plus or minus 3%. That's not going to really have a huge impact on you. Or let's even just, you know, let's bump it up an extra 10%, you know, those sorts of things. Or, you know, using that same sort of situational awareness with markets or, you know, whatever else it is, health, you know, those sorts of things. Uh, when people start to really think about how it impacts them, it's usually uh, kind of a calming factor for them. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you don't have a good strategy in place that makes sense to you and that you understand, you're going to have a hard time shaking that feeling uh, and not feeling calm and feeling nervous about it. And that's really where the right advisor and also the right plan comes in place. And, you know, so if you're working with somebody and you feel like things maybe aren't totally there, it's okay to get a second opinion, you know? So whether it's Jamie or anybody else that checking out the podcast, you know, find out if, if you're working with somebody and you're not sure that that's, you know, the right fit, then get a second opinion and you may find that it is, it's everything's working, you know, swimmingly well, and that's fantastic. Or you may find that you might need to make a change. And if you do just reach out to John and Nick and schedule some time, have a conversation with them. Uh, second opinions is part of the, you know, part of the industry. So give them a jingle, have a conversation, pfgprivatewealth.com. That's pfgprivatewealth.com. 
gmail.com. And time-wise, guys, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. So we'll, we'll take that next email question next time on the show. So reach out, folks. Let them know. Give them a shout. 813-286-7776 is the number to call. It's just easier to go to the website, pfgprivatewealth.com. Subscribe to the show and uh, all that good stuff on Apple, Google, Spotify. And we'll see you next time here on Retirement Planning Redefined with John and Nick. And uh, you guys have a great week. We'll see you soon. Take it easy. Have a good one.